This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. <laughs> How are you? So How good are to you? see you. It's great to see you. How are you doing? As usual. You know, pretty good. We tr- pretty good. We tried to record this episode on Monday, but I just cried for an hour instead. We should have just mm-hmm. recorded that. I was thinking that. I feel like that would have been a really authentic episode. <laughs> me losing my mind. <laughs> just me fun. sobbing on air. Should we do that? You don't think people would maybe love to listen to that? No. Maybe. We Maybe should we'll do a poll. If you'd like to hear we'll, entire, if you'd like to hear an entire episode of Emily crying. Of me- Emily having a breakdown about feeling like a failure as a mom, as a oh. business owner, feeling burned out and overwhelmed around the holidays, let us know and we'll just and record me, me crying. Just reassuring her that she is not a failure, right? That was literally our whole, our whole episode. I think I think that's a good one. That maybe it should be. All right. Well, we'll do a poll. But for today, that <laughs> this is not what our episode is. It's not what it's about. <laughs> the episode we have now re- tried to re- record multiple times is going to be about in-laws, holidays, boundaries, and family dynamics, baby. Oh, so many questions. Can't wait. Wait. Before, I feel like we should just say, because it's the end of the year, we started this podcast in 2019. I think it was the end of the year, right? No, it was in August. It was like in September, October, but really close. That's the end of the year. Really close. All right. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. 
Third quarter. <laughs> I just feel like I want to say to everyone, like, thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We just really, I feel very grateful. Yeah. Um, and just really appreciate everyone. So that's all I had to say. I just am trying to get my, you know, grateful words out to everyone during the holidays. I feel like it's the it's the time. It is a really good time to bring it up, right? It is wild. We'll be 2023, right? Like, wow. We're going into our fourth year of the podcast. Is it our fourth year? I don't know. Well, apparently it's season four, even though we've been in season three for about we're confused. One million episodes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, going into season four, like it's just been wild. So much growth. So much has happened. So thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And if there's other stuff you all want for season four, let us know. We have a lot of good topics coming up, but if you specifically think of something we want to know but we're going to keep doing q a's because people love them they love that a lot of yes a lot of feedback on q a so here we're to go jen why do you think <laughs> that family dynamics become extra spicy around the holidays <laughs> Okay, well, I think just the holidays in general come with a lot of expectations or like Mm. this idea of here is what the holidays are going to look like and I'm going to go home and I'm going to have this wonderful time with my family. And I think, you know, for the most part, it doesn't end up being like that uh, because none of us have this like picture perfect family or family experience. And so you wouldn't know that from Instagram. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) We just had a whole conversation about this. But sometimes it that fucks with you, man. You do. Some families look really picture perfect. You know, you know, it's funny. I, I know this is an aside, but I went out to dinner last night with my brother-in-law and we, he was asking me about my trip. I just went away and I uh, the airline lost my luggage for like three days. So, you know, I only post on Instagram when I go away because I'm like, look, I'm on vacation, <laughs> as do most people. Um, but what he said to me was you know, I saw you lost your luggage, but it looked like you handled it really well. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I cried every single day. So it it's so clear that Instagram paints this picture of like, oh, I'm handling. And I was right. Like there were parts of it where I was like, it's all <laughs> this is all I have. I just got to roll with it. It's my vacation. But it was very disappointing. And I, and I kept saying to my husband, you know, should we go do this? And then I was like, I guess I'm wearing the same outfit again. And then I would just break down crying. (laughs) But moral of the story is Instagram paints this picture of like, things are going really well, or things are picture perfect. And in you know, there, I think there are moments of where I'm really enjoying myself and having a great time. And then there are moments of disappointment, there are moments Mm. of grief. And I think that that very much happens during the holidays too, with our families. Well, I like what you're talking about, though, because we're talking about radical acceptance while feeling. Yes. Right. And like, that's sort of what you did. I thought you were very funny about the whole thing, probably because I was getting very funny texts from you. Yeah, I believe one said, I finally get a fucking vacation and this is what happens. I really made it a point to like boundary off this vacation, too. And you, you know, tried so you, just, hard. you got to roll with it. It was out of my control. But you're also allowed to be sad and angry and disappointed. I would also feel totally fucking bummed that like you planned this whole trip and then like they lost it. And it wasn't like it was on the flight after. Like they had no idea where your luggage was. Like, yeah, they were no days. They put so, someone else's name on my luggage. So yeah, so it's one thing if you're like, oh, it's got on the next flight or something. But like you really had to have radical acceptance while 
also feeling what you're feeling. And that's what we want to encourage people to do for the holiday season, right? Radical acceptance of my family is who they are. And I'm still allowed to feel all the stuff that comes up with it. And then I need to figure out a way to handle all that. I think that is so true. And there's so many questions that speak to this because people are always saying, I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel, right? Like you're going to feel, you are going to feel. There are some emotions that the holidays brings up and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so let's get into it. I think we should just get into some questions and this might end up being a two-parter depending on how long this goes, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. All right. What do you got? Dealer's choice. (laughs) Dealer's choice. I'm just going to, I'm going to go to order. Splitting the holidays help. My mom is guilt tripping me for spending more time with my husband's family. What to do? This is a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, right? The reality is, is that somebody can guilt trip you over everything. Yes. And I think around the holidays, it becomes this very competitive nature with in-laws. Oh, yeah. And my guess is this isn't the first time your mom has guilt tripped you. Just a... Just a, you know, I guess she might, just use a hunch. This more, might use this more than around the holidays. <laughs> so what to do? I think that, you know, the question is, how do you what do you do with that guilt? Do you take it on as I'm I'm doing something wrong? I am doing something shameful. I am hurting someone else. Or do you set internal and external boundaries with yourself and with the people in your life? Mm-hmm. Hey, mom, I understand that this is really hard for you, that I am spending time with my husband's family. I would love to get dinner the next night or I would love to do something different. But this is how it is, right? That like addressing, I think addressing what is underneath your mom's guilt trip, because clearly mom is having some emotions about this where guilt might be something that has been perpetuated in your family as a form of manipulation and control, right? Where if she has used guilt in the past or if someone's used guilt with her, that has helped um, her get her way, right? Where it's been like, I'm going to guilt trip them and they're going to end up spending more time with me because of it. That we want to really encourage people to really communicate what their needs are as opposed to using guilt as a, as a form of manipulation and control, mm-hmm. right? So mom, I, I see that you're really upset about this. You know, once again, why don't we get dinner? Why don't we spend time in, an, in another way to kind of address what's underneath the guilt? Yeah, I think it's really hard because I think it really does go back to the expectations or probably generational expectations about what holidays are supposed to look like. Right. Like and maybe in mom's family, there wasn't an option. You had to show up for every single event and there wasn't space. And so that's really hard for her to understand how to respect your boundaries. And I think you're also allowed to say is like, you know what, like mom, like this does suck. I really wish that like Christmas was two days long and then we could fit everything in. I really wish, right, like things were different and like, you know, it does suck. You can say that and then not sit there and integrate and feel it in your soul that you're a bad daughter or that you're hurting her, right? Somebody can hurt without us hurting them. And creating that emotional boundary of like, just because someone's putting me on a guilt trip doesn't mean I actually need to take that on and feel that. Yes, you get a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like that when someone's doing it. Totally doesn't feel like that. Yeah. No, 
I think because sometimes it's so subtle too, right? It's not like they're, it's, it's almost this like passive kind of way of, of using manipulation. It's not like, it's not saying to you, hey, I'm so angry that you're not spending time with me, right? Where you can address that directly. Like the guilt trip is, oh, you know, I'm so sad that we won't be able to be spending more time together, right? And so I think that reframing like what the guilt trip means um, and what's going on for, uh, you know, in that relationship, I think is really important too, because yeah. in that reframe, you get to set more boundaries and say, I'm not going to take this on as something that I have to, you know, change. I think especially also if we have a family history of guilt trips, it's really easy to want to go towards a situation and be like, I got, I'm going to dance for the holidays. Like, you know, mom, like we're just going to have to deal with it. Right. To like, be like super boundary and like sort of intense with it because you're almost like, you're so ready to fight the guilt trip because you're so used to it and you're so predicting it that you also don't go in being your best self when you deliver this news. So I think like also the relational dynamic is like, how also am I presenting it to the other person? And say like, because then I can walk around saying, you know what? I was um, really kind and really generous in how I did it. They still reacted the way they did and I can't control that. And here's what I did on my part, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I do the accountability part? Yes, absolutely. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? <laughs> it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item for my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair 
cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash chicks. Well, here's going to be a good one. We're going to get right back into that radical acceptance. How to accept that my parent will never change and make peace with them. Oof, this feels like a bigger than just the holiday, yeah. the holiday question. Accepting that your parent won't change doesn't mean that there's a part of you that stops wanting them to. Knowing that there's a limit to your parents' capability doesn't mean that there's a part of you that doesn't desperately want that to not be true. You're still allowed to have those feelings and it's about what you do with it. I also think we look at acceptance as like, this is a place that I have arrived at, right? I've arrived and I'm never leaving, right? That we kind of look at it as I'm going to eventually do enough work on myself that I am going to completely accept this. I'm never going to have those feelings of I wish it was different. I, right. And so I, I, to think of it as a journey, right? There are times in which you're going to be able to get there and have to work to that place of, okay, I've accepted this about my parent. They're not going to change. And then you're, you might get back to the place where you're like, okay, I hope this will change. I hope this, right? So it's a little bit of a journey. It's not an arrival. It's not a destination. And so I think bringing yourself back to that place and continually acknowledging um, that grief that might come up of, of them not being a certain way or you not having the type of relationship that you wish that you had. So I would love to say that there's this like destination that we can get to with your bags arriving on time. (laughs) Well, but it also brings in someone else had written it and asked, how do you get over family envy, envying someone else's dynamic with their family? And I think the thing is, I know, is that you can get to a place of acceptance within your own parents and family members. And then let's say you interact with someone, you attend some events and you see this other family that's just like, oh, laughing together and seems super connected. And you may have had acceptance and then that brings up grief again. So grief can also get re-triggered. That's why you talk about like it's not a final destination. It's a place we want to reach towards, but it's going to get re-triggered by other things like envying someone else's family dynamic. Mm. Wow. And that's hard. Have you ever had that before? For myself? Like family envy. 100%. I think everyone does, right? Like, Yeah, I think it's a very natural. I I think it's very natural. I think it's, it's almost like... And you always see the things that you wish that you had, right? You're always, those are the things that will stick out to you the most. Like the pain points that you have in your own family, you are going to see like the highlights in other people's family of, oh, I wish I had that. Or like, mm-hmm. I see that relationship and I don't have that relationship. Um, 
And so those are the things that are going to stick out um, to you just because those are your pain points in your family. And so I think it's it's very easy and very natural to have that. I think it's important not to shame ourselves for it, too, um, and to be able to say, like, clearly this is highlighting something that I struggle with, right, in my own family. And so how do I want to work with that? How do I want to how do I want to deal with that? I, I don't think it's I think we're quick to shame ourselves for that and that that's OK. And then once again, it doesn't mean you don't accept where you are. It's OK to have those feelings and to have that being brought up for you. Yeah. Why can't some people accept your boundaries? Because they don't want to. <laughs> they don't want to. And also maybe they were taught that they their boundaries were never accepted. They yep. were never allowed to set boundaries. And so they can't accept other people's either. Yeah. I mean, especially right generationally, if that's like not a thing to like have boundaries within generations, it seems like such a personal affront to do it. It seems offensive and like I am going against family culture and rules. Mm -hmm. So asking them to accept that boundary is also asking them to reset all the family dynamic and rules, which is not doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like a boundary. It feels like a complete violation to self. Yes. Or like you're going against the family, right? By changing this. And so feels like betrayal. It can feel, I was just going to say betrayal. <gasps> <gasps> same, same mind. <laughs> we spend so much time Too together. Much. Um, <laughs> right. Like, like it, it does feel like betrayal. So when I set what might feel like a really appropriate boundary, mom, we decide we want to do Christmas with just us this year and we're going to see you on the 26th. Whoa. That feels like a shot to the heart for someone who has never even considered doing it differently. I think it's simplifying to say, why can't some people accept your boundaries? Because there's so much more than everything. And the other thing is the biggest myth about boundaries is that you have to set them once. You have okay. to say, we just had a conversation about this. I wanted to, I, had, I needed to cancel something, some, some stuff I had going on. And someone just did not respect that boundary that we tried to cancel, right? And as opposed to me saying, the answer is no. I said, okay, well, I'll make it work because they gave a very convincing reason of why I needed to. And then I sat there and sobbed and said, what the fuck is wrong with me? The sobbing that we should have the had. The sobbing we should have had. Right? We should have like recorded. And then I was mad at myself. But then you blamed yourself. I, exactly. Well, you turn it inward. You feel yeah. like, well, I must have not spoken the boundary well enough. I must, there must be something on me. And I think that that is like really significant to say, like, if I'm continuously turning the shame and blame and anger inwards, who is that also allowing to keep getting away with the behavior? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, I think that there's something to be said about, you know, you can set a boundary and people might not hear it, right? They might not hear it. And that, I I just want to acknowledge the pain that that can cause, right? Especially when you're someone who hasn't been taught to set boundaries or it's a betrayal to set boundaries in your family or it's going against family rules because it's so vulnerable to start doing something different to begin with. It's so vulnerable to say, okay, I am going to start setting boundaries. And then when you do it and someone doesn't respect it, it is a shot to the heart. So to have to do it over and over and over again, even if it's the same boundary, right? If it's the same, I want to talk about it as like, it's not just different situations that you're setting the boundary. It can be the same situation that you're setting the same boundary over and over again. And when you set the first one and it isn't comfortable for you, it's not natural for you, and someone pushes past it, 
and you have to set it again, it can be painful. It can be really, really hard. And so I think that that takes practice. And I think it takes really knowing and being really sure about this is what I need. This is what this is the boundary I need to set. If someone pushes past it, I can continue to set it. I get to continue to say no and continue to say this is what's right for me. But it takes time. It is not easy. Mm. All right, Jen, I got a good one for you. I'm ready. How do you keep your sanity when removing toxic in-laws from your life isn't an option? Mm. Keep your sanity. So (laughs) you can't be sane in a crazy situation. (laughs) That's a new song coming out. Um, Why am I Blue's Clues? (laughs) I think Blue's, something bad was with Blue's Clues. Something happened. Oh, no. (laughs) I know. I don't know. Did Blue get canceled? I think Blue got canceled. I think Steve, maybe. I can't remember, though. So we might have to figure this out after the episode. I don't know if that part's true. Because he recently did like a thing. Remember, everyone was freaked out for one day online because of Blue. Because Steve came out and was like, I know things are hard. This is conversations going nowhere. We should just end it. No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, okay. So how, how, do you keep your sanity? <laughs> how do you keep your sanity in general? I, I know this is our favorite thing to talk about. Um, your boundaries are essential. Your boundaries are so essential, whether that's having a conversation with your spouse um, or your partner to say, hey, listen. When we're with your family, here are the things that I'm going to need to do for my own health. Here are the things that I want us to do together if possible. Have a conversation with your partner about here are the things that I really need in order to take care of myself when we're with your family. I also think you can talk about time boundaries, right? As opposed to, yeah, we'll come over for the day. Hey, yeah, we'll come over at this time. We have to leave by this time, right? You're setting these very verbal time boundaries so that you um, really know that you get the choice to leave. You get to make these decisions for yourself. You're already setting boundaries around how much time you're spending together. I think, too, there's something to be said about learning what your boundaries are in the context of new relationships. So depending on how much time you have spent with your in-laws, maybe it has taken you time to figure out what boundaries you need and what boundaries you need to set. So this might not be something you know off the bat the first time you spend a holiday with your in-laws. This might be something you have to learn over time as also as your family changes, Mm -hmm. right? If you start having kids, whatever, if you need more time for other things, whatever it is, it's okay for those boundaries to adjust over time and for you to figure out what boundaries you want to implement. And they can be different every year. So I think that really making an intentional choice to talk with your partner and say, what boundaries do we need to set this year, right? What boundaries do I want to set this year? How do I want to communicate those boundaries? And reassess them every year. Preemptively do it before you go spend time with mm-hmm. your in-laws. And I think, yeah, just the, the importance of being on the same page with your partner, because that is what will keep your sanity. Yeah. Really, what's going to keep your sanity is the grounding you do with your partner. You and me were on the same fucking team. You and me were us. Right? We do this together. And if I feel like I have a partner in it and that we're on the same team, we're on the same page about how we're going to handle this, that's how you keep feeling sane. It brings it back down. It brings you back to earth together grounded. Oof. 
I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. How to make sense of the fact that my parent can't celebrate my wins with me. Oof. I think there's some grieving in that, right? I think there's some grieving. I think that sometimes we we can develop an internal motivation of, I am going to be so successful. And when I get to this point of being successful, my parent is going to be able to support me and celebrate in that. And finally, we'll have the relationship that I wanted us to have. And then you get to that point where you're like, holy shit, I have done all of this. I have become so successful. And you realize that their inability to celebrate your wins was never really about you. Mm. It was always really about them. And I think that that there's a piece of that that can be so motivating, right? Where you're like, oh, I, I can get to that point, right? There's something that was motivating about it. But there can be a lot of grief when you get to that point and you realize that your parents still can't be there and still can't celebrate those wins with you because in the end, it wasn't about you. 
So I think that depersonalizing it is a big part of that process. I know that that's not easy. And sometimes we have to go to our chosen family to be able to celebrate those wins with them. Right. The people who maybe feel more secure with themselves are able to really be there for you in those wins. And sometimes it's not apparent. And I think that that can be a really hard thing to come to, but also a really important one. And to remember that their inability to do it is not about you. You know, the thing that comes up is also, right? So they said how to make sense of. I think that there's going to be certain things that we can't ever make sense of. There's going to be Oof, times when daggered I know heart. there's going to be times where we say maybe this person shouldn't have been a parent. Maybe these people should have gotten divorced. Maybe they should have moved away from a situation that was bad. Right. Like there's going to be times where we do not make sense or understand and we don't need understanding to accept. Mm-hmm. Right. And but that can fuck with you because what we want, we think to ourselves, if I can get this, then I can get through it and get over it. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case. So the question is, how do you fulfill that for yourself in other relationships? Mm, Right. Who does celebrate the wins for you? Yes. That's a good question. And do you celebrate them for yourself? What would it be like every time? Right. If you were to sit there and envision and say, when I call my parents and tell them about the promotion, I want them to um, send me flowers. I want them to scream. I want them to jump up and down. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to do all of those things for you. I'm going to ask you to send yourself flowers. I'm going to ask you to jump up and down. I'm going to ask you to scream on your behalf because you still deserve all those things always. But we can't control who they come from. And sometimes we keep going to a parent, expecting them to have, right? that that reaction that they never have. So my question would would also be, what does that do to you to keep going to that parent and not getting that response? Right. Yep. I think that there's a lot of hope in that of I'm going to go to this. I, I need to call, you know, my dad, I need to call my mom and let them know what I, you know, what I did. What's the expectation of what their response is going to be? And then what has the reality always been? Yeah. That'll fuck you up, man. I mean, I was just going to say, that's a hard (laughs) pill to swallow. I know, right? Like, I'm trying, I'm sitting here and just thinking about this person. I don't know why this, this question is like really touching my heart, but it, it, it does sort of fuck you up to want Mm -hmm. and want and want and hope and desire and look for, right? And something that um, my therapist and I talk a lot about is like progress versus potential. Right. So even though you have a parent that has potential of doing this, if you don't see anything towards that, you're living on a dream that's going to really hurt you. Living on a prayer. Oh, man. We're halfway there. (laughs) That was good. I could break. Thank you. I could break out into song, but she's back to blues quiz. <laughs> okay. So uh, we're going to run out of time. What? I know. I, this is insane. Wow. I know. We got to keep it moving, baby. I'll, I'll just shut sorry. the fuck up with the blues clues. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to pick one? Dealer's choice. How? <laughs> How? 
<laughs> the other day we had to re-record. Next week's episode is actually a replay from a previous one since we don't have one coming out the week of um, uh, Christmas. And But we had to re-record the intro and we had to, re- we had to record it <laughs> multiple times because we couldn't stop laughing. And then we finally <laughs> did it well and you could hear Millie, my daughter, screaming outside the door to get in I think she should have just recorded it. She should have just recorded it. She could read. Um, (laughs) But it was very funny. And now I'm sitting here and I can't stop laughing again. Okay. Here's my choice. How to deal with feeling like an other in my family. Mm. I think one of the things that comes up for me is one, other is not always a bad thing. Oftentimes, feeling like the other in your family means you're the truth teller and you're the cycle breaker. And it still does not feel good. Because as human beings, we are meant to live in communities and to feel accepted. And we will always, always want that. So I think the risk, the fear of feeling like the other is that you can get left behind, abandoned, and rejected by the pack. And that is a horrifying idea. And I would ask, have you always felt other? And if you feel other... What does that mean in your relationships with your family? How do people respond to you? How do people react to you? What happens? And how have you previously dealt with that in the past, right? You might have dealt with that in a very specific way, something that maybe has helped you survive in your family. And I'm wondering if that's still working for you. Right. And so I want you to look at, you know, if if there are times in which you have felt left out. What are the ways in which you've dealt with it? Did you have to mask the fact that you felt other or you didn't fit in? Did you have to try to fit in, but it didn't feel authentic to you? Do you want to be more your authentic self now? And what does that look like in the context of your family relationships? So that's that. I just have so many questions as as per usual. Um, And I just would want you to ask yourself some of those questions and see if the way in which you're responding to feeling other in your family is still serving you in the same ways maybe it once served you. Yeah. They talked about how to deal with it, right? So like, I would say that's probably especially heightened around the holidays. So I would say like, what do you genuinely need to feel supported and to feel um, grounded and I keep thinking of the idea of like hugging yourself, right? Like to feel held by yourself during that time. And it might be that I have to take breaks. It might mean that I have, there is like a few family members that I have good individual relationships with as opposed to a whole and I have to zone in on those. It might be that I give myself a task during those times, right? I'm anxious. I feel connected. They're all talking about football, which I hate. And I feel something. So you know what? That's going to be the time that I go um, do some dishes just to get out and like do a little mindfulness, right? Like you can do something that's separate and then say like, okay, now I'm going to try to go back in and I feel a little bit separate, but I'm going to try to re-in again and like being very conscious about what's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, did you feel like you had to pretend like you liked football in order to fit in? Right. Or did you? <laughs> At first, I thought you were asking me this as, as an actual question. And I was like, no, I don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine if I thought that was true of you? Like you pretending like you enjoyed football? <laughs> I couldn't. I wouldn't even be able to pretend because I have I, I know zero things. No, no interest. Literally no interest. That's how. Yeah. I mean, I think so. So that would be my question is like, have you in the past pretended 
that you enjoyed something you didn't. And now can you just be like, hey, listen, I fucking hate football. And so I'm going to go on a walk or like I'm going to do something different. I'm going to crochet. I'm going to do needlepoint. I don't know. Right. And so I don't know why those were the other hobbies, but that's what came to I my know, mind. I know, because now we're getting into a very gendered thing that's sort of interesting. I know. Let's get away we from that. We also said dishes. Yeah. What yeah, are we doing? Yeah, let's try. Let's, let's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> us going backwards. That was good. Reverse. Okay, so reverse. So let's say everyone's talking about how much they love crocheting and you are like, I just really love. Love football. Love football or the black eyed peas. <laughs> G. M A M O R O U S first class. Wow. So I just want to apologize to everyone. No, but I think right. So like, if you really like the Black Eyed Peas and you want to go listen to their music. Go for it. Okay, let's move on to the, the next black question. The black enemies are gender neutral. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. You get to pick one more. That was my last one that I chose. Wow. Okay, listen to this one. I'm, I'm jumping around now, so I apologize. How to let go of grudges against your grandparents for the trauma <gasps> they caused your parents. I'm really glad you chose this one. I love this question. Me too. Yeah. One... <sighs> Part of me loves that you're protective of your parents. Part of me loves that you have that insight and awareness. I sort of love that. And it concerns me about your parentification. But when you talk about this, how to forgive them, I think you also have to say I have to look contextually as well of what's the other stuff going on. If I had grandparents that grew up during the Great Depression the Holocaust, immigration, all any of these other things, they may have not had the abilities that they really needed to support our parents in the way that they should have been. And that isn't necessarily their fault either. They didn't have access to Instagram to figure out about gentle parenting. There wasn't information like this. So I think taking it out of the context of like they are bad people as opposed to like they are products of the generation, the system that was around them. So it sounds like what you're saying is your ability to gain empathy for their experience at that time, right? I think that that's really important. We've talked about that a lot in terms of like our relationships with our parents too. I don't think we've talked about it in terms of our relationships with grandparents yeah. at all. But in a similar way to be able to empathize with, you know, that they were products of their environment and they did what they could with that. Um, they handled it as best they can. It also, you're still allowed to have feelings about it, right? And so I think that the balance around understanding your emotions around it, because clearly uh, I'm wondering if there's grudges because your the trauma that your grandparents caused your parents also affected your relationship with your parents, right? That there's also something that might be a little bit deeper of, well, what's also the empathy I can gain towards myself in this? Mm -hmm. Because how did this end up affecting me, right? Mm -hmm. How did this end up affecting my parents' ability to parent me? Yeah. And, and yeah, right. And I wonder if also sometimes we want someone to blame. Yeah. I think it's helpful. And I also think sometimes it's easier to blame grandparents because they're a little more far removed. Or they're dead. Right? Or they're I mean, dead, especially right? if they're not I mean, alive. Very, right? right? Like you're very like far removed. Super safe person to be mad at. Yes. And 
that can also help us gain empathy towards our parents, right? If we're working on our relationship with our parents, our ability to gain empathy towards our parents sometimes come from, well, they did the best they can with the environment that they were in, given what was happening with their parents, right? So like our ability to gain empathy towards our parents and improve our relationship with them sometimes can come at with the, I don't know if it's cost or the idea of, well, now I'm blaming their parents, right? And what, Mm. and so- you can keep going down generations of like what their parents grew up with, right? But there's always going to be someone else to blame. It's just a matter of, yeah, I think it's a question of how did this end up trickling down? How does it affect you now? How can you also take care of yourself in that? And what can you do to be able to give yourself the things that maybe you weren't given as a product of the environment that you grew up in? Yeah. Before we start with Dear Evan Jen, let's do... I'm putting you on the spot here, so I'm going to give you a second oh, to, to think. But I'm just thinking, should we? I was just hoping we could both give like two ideas of how to take care of yourself during the holidays. Okay. Right. Is that too much on the spot for you? No, no, I can do it. Okay. Handle it. Easy. Um, easy peasy. Easy peasy, baby girl. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Right. So, like, my first one I'm going to say is checking in with your body and not ignoring it. If your body is telling you you need to rest, if you can't breathe, if your hands are tight, if your muscles starting to um, ache, especially if you're someone who tends to shove feelings down, say you're sick. Take a break. Take care of your body. If your mental health is feeling like your physical health, take a day off to take care of yourself. That's my number one. I love that. Okay, here's another. Take all of the expectations off of yourself of how you should be feeling during the holidays. Allow yourself to feel how you actually feel. Mm-hmm. The holidays can be really challenging for people. And I don't, I think we talk about this a ton, but I don't know if it's, it's you know, talked about enough how hard the holidays can be. And when we say to ourselves, well, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. I shouldn't feel this way. We push those feelings away and we're hard on ourselves for feeling a certain way. Those feelings get even stronger. So instead, I want you to say to yourself, how am I really feeling and how do I want to nurture myself through this? Mm. Okay. My next one, stay off social media. (laughs) If you are someone who struggles around the holidays and has family envy, feels yourself comparing, it's a really good time to take a social media break. And you should know that about yourself, right? Other people don't have, you know, some people don't have that. Some people do. Some people aren't as affected. If you are someone who is affected um, and can feel comparison, can feel jealousy, can feel envy, I think um, take a nice little Mm -hmm. hiatus or be incredibly, incredibly mindful about your consumption of social media. Okay, I think my other one, I have a few, and then maybe I'll just like put it in like a mishmash of things. A mishmash. A mishmash. Okay, so the idea that came up is rest, right? That I think we think about holidays as like family, get-togethers, buy presents, right? There's a lot of rushing around. But I also think that we don't give enough credit or space around this time to give yourself rest, right? This is a time in which everything slows down in terms of work, um, in terms of school, if you have kids. But to find the time for yourself to find rest in whatever way that means for you. My other one that is totally separate, I know I'm just laying them on thick now, is you don't have to have a New Year's resolution. (gasps) 
Mine is always to buy more lottery tickets. I've talked about this before. I say it every year. <laughs> How is that going for you? It never goes well. I never remember right. to buy lottery tickets. So my New Year's resolution, once again, will be to buy more lottery tickets. Wow. <laughs> How do you feel about the fact that you didn't follow through with your New Year's resolution? Oh, it makes it fun for next year. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I like the idea. <laughs> Who doesn't want to buy more lottery tickets, right? So true. It's so true. Just buy as many as possible. Yeah, I should do that. But I love the idea, right? Like, obviously, I said a joke one because I, I like the idea of doing something funny into the new year. But also, I like the idea that I don't give a fuck about it and it doesn't bring up any shame or blame towards myself. That's and what the we key, don't right? want with New Year's resolutions is for you to feel shitty. That is the, that should be your resolution. Actually, no, if you feel shitty, you feel shitty. But don't, but we don't want, but don't, do not blame, shame, be hard on yourself. How about this? We want you to give yourself space in whatever way that means for you. Yes. Give yourself space. I think last year mine wow. was buy more lottery tickets and curse less. That it was, it was also waste. No, it was waste oh, less. yes. And, and work less. Yep. And work less. How did that go? I don't think well. Right. <laughs> mine was mine was to buy different things from the grocery store. How'd that go? Not well. I stopped going to the grocery store. <laughs> I told you my other dream is to eat out, and I started eating out a lot. <laughs> Yo, that's a win, babe. Okay, dear Em and Jen, here we go. <laughs> this is a hard one, Jen. You, want, you ready for you it? Want me to no, say I it? got it. You're but I'm just like okay, okay. I'm just like prepping oh, you. Prepping. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dear Em and Jen. I don't want to invite my grandma to my wedding to set needed boundaries. How do I navigate the hurt feelings and questions from others that are still close to her and not make my wedding a family drama fest? And if you um don't watch us on YouTube, <laughs> Jen's face like perks up because this is this is a brave thing to do. Very brave. What did my face look like? Because I wasn't even monitoring it. I, I thought it was like this. Your eyes were just like, like scary, because that's a that's why I'm saying the word brave, because that's a big Such thing a to do. Brave thing to do. Yeah. Okay, so I would come up with a script for yourself, right? I have to say first the fact that you just said I don't want to, right? I don't want to invite my grandma to my wedding because I want to set these boundaries. It wasn't. I struggle with my relationship with my grandma, and so I'm not sure if I want to invite them. You are. You know what you want, right? I think that's really, really important. And you're clearly protecting your peace within your wedding. So I first want to say kudos to that. That is not an easy thing to do. It's so easy during your wedding to let other people's opinions and feelings infiltrate kind of what you're doing. So I first just wanted to say that. Secondly, I think it's important to come up with a little bit of a script, right? Where you get to say whatever you want to say, right? You can share as much information as you want or not. But you're very much allowed to say, hey, yeah, you know, it just it wasn't the right time. I'm going to celebrate with her another time if that's true. Or it wasn't the right time. You know, I really just wanted to invite this family. And that's it. You don't have to continue any sort of conversation around it. And do you have any feelings about it? I think one of the things you have to say is if you make a decision like that, you also have to be okay with the other stuff that comes, right? Because for what you're doing, once again, it brings up this idea of betrayal. It's going to feel like betrayal to those other family members, right? The other people that do things because it's the right thing to do and it's what we do. That was quotes. If you don't watch us, I had quotes around that. I should have said that from the beginning. Now I'm concerned okay. that people will That's misinterpret okay. what I just said. But they'll hear it. They'll all um, hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this idea that like, 
there is a possibility it could cause other people to react poorly. And that shouldn't sway you. Right. That you have to say like, okay, like here's the possibility. Here's the potential risks that have that can come with doing anything like this. And still, Jen talked about if I know what I want, I have to also be okay with the risk too. Mm. There it is. And so I think even if you do it perfectly and you have a script, I love that idea. Um, people are still gonna bug out. Yeah. Because it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's but so ingrained only, in us. It's so it ingrained. You have to do it a certain way. And you get to take control of your response to it and your reaction to it. You can't control what everyone and you get to set those boundaries for yourself. We love talking about boundaries. It's just our favorite. I know. It's like all fucking right? therapists. Most, it must be very annoying. I know. It's probably so annoying. It's just so true. B is for boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we and end that's the, end episode. Of the episode. Thank okay. you for saying so- <laughs> Thank you if, for sticking with us. <laughs> if you are looking to see um, a therapist in person, we'd love to show off our new Philadelphia location and have you come on in. You can also see us in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Um, virtual residents, Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, um, Delaware, Florida, and California. If you're looking for a clinician, we would love to connect you. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. And uh, you can check us out on Shrink Chicks at the therapy group. I don't know. I, I messed up what I'm doing and I think I got it all. <laughs> but, you know, have a wonderful holiday. We are grateful for you all. We will see you next year. There's one other episode coming out next week. And after that, we'll see you in January. And don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Love you. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes. I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.